teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. It's this vast, epic uh, scale upon which the mission of God is now going to occur and be drawn and seen. And um, we are, uh, if nothing else, people on a mission. Like the Blues Brothers, we are on a mission. And uh, we have this great commission to go. And so I find it quite arresting in this passage when Jesus says to his disciples, those that he has called to him, uh, the apostles, don't go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. What does Jesus mean? Is he contradicting himself? On the one hand, he's saying, don't go amongst the Gentiles and the Samaritans. And on the other hand, he's saying, go into all nations. Which is it? I think, of course, the truth of the matter is it's both. And I suspect that the sequence of these commissions within the gospel narrative are not accidental. After Jesus' atoning sacrifice, after his death and resurrection, the scriptures tell us that the veil in the temple was torn and now the presence of God would roam freely and there was a sense in which there was a new sending, a new mission for all peoples, irrespective of class or culture or ethnicity, race, any of those things. Now the good news of God is for all people. But at this point, Jesus is concerned for, as he describes them, the lost sheep of Israel, God's covenant people, God's chosen people, the people with whom God had made a covenant and had blessed them and God had been faithful to that covenant and sought to sustain them. I was reminded reading this passage of an old 1990s Matt Redmond song whose lyrics went, send revival, start with me. All revival starts here in the heart. I think that's why St. Paul says uh, in his letter to the Romans in 12 verse 11, keep your spiritual fervor, never be lacking in zeal. We're only good for anything, I suppose, fit for purpose in the harvest field, in God's mission, if we ourselves have good news within us. When uh, training at Vicar Factory and thinking about preaching, we're often reminded that first and foremost, we've got to be able to preach to ourselves. If the scriptures have no good news for you, if God's grace is not speaking to you and transforming your heart, what right do you have to share anything with anybody else? It has to be out of the overflow. And every time we gather in worship, it's a chance for us to be renewed. Jesus sends his apostles to the lost sheep of Israel, not initially to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but rather to those who needed to be renewed and called back into that covenant relationship with God. Why? Because Jesus saw that the people were harassed, that they were helpless, that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They needed to be gathered, brought back. And actually, when Jesus calls us to be renewed and to renew one another in our community, he calls us to be both sheep and shepherd. As we uh, participate in the life of Christ, and we remember Jesus himself described himself as the good shepherd. We get to share in that shepherding role, and yet we are simultaneously sheep who wander astray and wander far from uh, the, the sheepfold. Each one of us can be simultaneously sheep and shepherd, and each one of us can be to one another shepherd. 
It's why in the life of the church, pastoral care is actually for everyone, by everyone. None of us has a monopoly on pastoral care or shepherding skill. So when Cain addresses God and says, am I my brother's keeper? The answer comes back a resounding yes. We are our brother and our sister's keeper. We are shepherd to every sheep. So I hope that we'll be able to encourage one another. That we will be able to seek for Jesus, Lord of the harvest, to work among us and through us for each one of us. So that we can be both sheep and shepherd. And that then, renewed and fervent in faith, we then can be sent not just to one another, but to the very ends of the earth. And the ends of the earth are, of course, gathered in our neighbourhood and in our city. We don't have to go far to find the ends of the earth in London. So my hope and prayer for myself and for each of us, I suppose, as we enter this Advent season, is that we'll be reminded, we'll be reminded by one another and through one another of God's great love for us, his great compassion upon us. And Father, we pray that you would renew us. If we are weary, if we are tired, if we're burnt out, if we're ill, if we're fed up, if we're disillusioned, I pray that you would gladden our hearts through one another, that you'd inspire us afresh. Father, we pray that you'd send your spirit to dwell in each of our hearts. God, we cannot generate spiritual heat for ourselves. We need your spirit to burn within us. Pray, come Holy Spirit, fill our lives with your love, with your peace, with your joy. Pray even now that each one of us gathered here would know just how much you love us. That where we feel embarrassed and helpless, we would know that you have compassion on us. And God, make us compassionate with one another. Lord Jesus, inspire our lives by your example. Help us to imitate you in loving one another, caring for one another. And even as we pray for one another here in this church, we pray for your church across this neighbourhood and across our city and across our nation. Lord, we long to give ourselves away generously for the sake of others, those who are not yet within our church, but we know that um, we need your spirit to renew us all. And we pray especially today and tomorrow for the meeting of the Crown Nominations Commission as they deliberate and discern who you are calling to be our next Bishop of London. May she or he be a good shepherd of your flock in London. May she or he lead with wisdom, gentleness, and with boldness and with courage. We commend him to your care. All those who are discerning the vocation to serve in your church. Whether in ordained ministry or 
of some other lay leadership capacity. We pray that you would be raising up more and more women and men who would care for one another, would strengthen one another and encourage one another. We just pray that you would flood our hearts with joy afresh. We cannot do it alone. We need your spirit within us. So we seek your kingdom, praying together as Jesus taught us and saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours 